Smartcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, all right, all right. It is the One of That podcast going into week 10 of the NFL season. It is your host, David Schiff. And as always, I am here with my partner, the ace this week. I'm not going to bury anything. He went perfect this week. The man, the myth, Miles V. Hi, I'm Miles. Yeah, hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. It is the uh, the intro that I like to give every single episode. I am doing fine. It is always a better week when you cash. Well, it's definitely a good week when you cash. And Miles, the NFL division rivalries are heating up. And do you know what else is heating up? You and I are heating up, baby. That's right. You and I are on fire. So like I said, I'm not bearing anything this week. Over the last month, out of a possible eight caches, you and I have cashed seven times. I like it. You're perfect. Yep, I was three and one. We are 16-6-2 against the spread over the last four weeks. And in that time, we would have added or we have added over $2,500 to our respective banks. Show me the money! So we are both on a heater right now. It's really, really nice to, to see, to be a part of. And of course, by saying this, I'm sure it's all going to crash to shit next week. But you know what? We're still here. Yeah, I. this is the fourth week in a row that I've cashed, and last year I had a similar stretch where I went even longer, and I'm hoping to keep that going. And and like I said, you know, when, when you start seeing things clearly and you got people tailing your bets and they come in, it just feels so good to know that you're giving good information and advice and you're winning money. And, and that's just, again, it's the difference between a, a good weekend and a great weekend. And of course, there's always when the golden sombrero hits, that's when your weekend absolutely sucks. But <laughs> thankfully, we've uh, we've had our eyes on some games, followed some trends, spotted them. And, and you know, I feel like we're doing a, a good job here with our listeners too, giving them some good advice. Well, you are crushing your underbats this year. It is amazing how consistent you have been. And I know you've got some plan for this week as well. So for whatever reason, offenses are not clicking. You're on top of it and you're making a lot of money. Yeah, it's interesting because in college football this year, they changed the clock rules so that the clock is running a lot more actively. And you'd think that would result in a lot more unders coming in. There haven't been similar changes at the NFL level, but... Last week, it was 11-3 and in favor of unders. So that's a pretty huge number. And really, the thing that I'm most proud of this week isn't so much going perfect, but it is getting back into the black. Uh, I was underperforming for the first uh, you know, several weeks, even though my record was good. I, I wasn't doing well with sizing my bets. But now that I have them all around equal and I'm starting to hit my stride, uh, I am now positive over over the season which is you know where you have to be so 16 and 11 right now is where i have my picks um yeah i'm i'm happy and i'm hoping we can you know keep this momentum going into this week now you're right you are in the black you are at 92 96 on the season so you're just under 300 dollars over i just crested 10,000 so i'm at 10,172 and my question to you miles because we are really a little bit more than halfway through the season is 
When do you start looking at some of those bigger money line bets because you got to make up the difference on because as everybody knows, we have a huge bet riding on the total for the end of the season. The winner is going to be going to an NFL playoff game courtesy of the loser. So there's a lot on the line here. Uh, I'm just wondering what your strategy is when you start stretching a little bit. You're not wrong. Uh, I haven't really been looking at this so much as a competition where maybe I should be. I'm trying to just get the correct picks in. But if I, if you continue being hot on your end and you continue to uh, outpace me, I'm going to have to make some more risky bets and try to get some, you know, money line, positive money. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm not there this week. I'll tell you that, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, it's too bad because I had a little tip for you. If you wanted to make up some ground quickly, the New York Giants are plus 800 going into Dallas, a minus 16 and a half underdog. That is the biggest number we have seen this year, but an easy way for you to make up some ground. So if you're really feeling ballsy, there's my first uh, gift to you. Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. I'm much more likely to take the 16.5 points than to take them to win outright, especially when their quarterback's name is like Danny DeVito or something, or I, I, he's probably the size of Danny No, De- no, no, it's, it's not Danny DeVito. It's Tony Soprano. Come on, get it right. Whoever it is, he's not good. So, um, yeah, that's that. I think that is going to be a horribly one sided game. Um, But yeah, well, you know, as we've mentioned, uh, you won the week outright. So interesting position for me, because last week I said I had my best week to date of the season. And this week I had a better week also going to zero and one and I still lost the week. So there you go. But because I am uh, in a strong second place, I guess I will recap my bets from last week. Yeah, sure. I, I liked your bets last week, so I want to I want to rehash them a little bit. Yeah, so I liked them too at the time. So I had a couple of themes. Well, I had one theme going on last week, uh, and that theme was, oh, sure, you might have a good record, but let's take a closer look at your wins because not all wins are equal in the NFL. And I was specifically calling out the Miami Dolphins, who were playing Kansas City in Germany. And then I was also calling out the Dallas Cowboys who were playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm just going to lump these two together because I, I did win both of these bets. Now, one of these games in particular, the Cowboys game was a sweat, but you know, sort of like I predicted these two teams, the Dolphins and the Cowboys, when they get into these bigger games, they don't have the horses to go over the top just yet. Now I'll give Dak Prescott credit. He definitely played well. He was tough. He had a lot of yards. He wasn't looking like a Kirk Cousins folding in a big game. But, uh, you know, credit also to Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts was not 100%. He hurt his knee. Uh, You know, they they really hung on in that game. So the Cowboys um, were so close. They lost 28 to 23. I did get a little lucky. So there was a fourth down uh, touchdown attempt that was about two inches short. The uh, the tight end uh, fell just outside of the end zone. And then on a two point conversion, Dak stepped out just as he was about to go in. So that preserved my five point game there. Not going to lie, it was a sweat, but uh, I was glad it went down. Well, even at the very end, I thought CeeDee Lamb was pretty damn close to scoring again at the... Uh, they the tackled him at the five. Yeah, they tackled him at the five. Yeah. But, you know, they you know they had seven guys in the end zone, so they weren't going to let him get past the five. Um, so, nice victories for me on both of those games with Kansas City. It was 440 to win 400. Uh, that was my big bet, putting 840 in my bank. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I had really looked at Kansas City as a as a bounce back opportunity. They had gotten pasted the week before by Denver. Uh, I just thought they would be pissed off at a lot of the factors in that Denver game. Mahomes being sick uh, weren't an issue playing the Dolphins. And they played better. They went out to a 21-point lead. They had to hang on in the end. Uh, didn't score in the second half. But um, I was pretty much on the right side of that game. And then, you know, with Philadelphia, you know, came down to these couple of plays and a couple of inches. C.D. Lamb did have another big game. Dak had a good game, but just fell right on the right side of these inches. That put 630 in my bank. That was 330 to win 300. Now, on the other side of inches, Miles, I came into last week 0-5 in my overs. 
Yeah, I've got good news for you. What's that? You're still undefeated in overs. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, but I'm not entirely winless either. I do have a tie now. I'm zero five and one. I had New Orleans Chicago with an over of forty one, and my bet was two thirty to win two oh nine. There were 20. It is mind boggling how I didn't win this game. 28 points on the board at halftime. I am cruising along. All of a sudden, the game sort of grinds to a halt. You know, the wheels fall off. And and I had said that I thought that the Bears were going to do enough uh, to help get this game over the, you know, the top. And they did. They did more than their share. They scored 17 points. How close was I to actually winning the over? Not only were there two missed field goals, but there were two field goals that hit the uprights. Yeah, you got double doinked. Yeah, I got double doinked. I was probably three or four inches away. And by the way, the 41st point hit with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So I just sat at that number and watched them, you know, turn it over on down to watch miss field goals. It's, that was the first field goal that Cairo Santos had missed this year. Yeah. So just everything went against me at the end. I don't get the win. I get the tie. But anyway, I finished 2-0-1. I finished with $1,700 on the week. I got no issues with that. Yeah, well, you know, it, you've had some weeks where you've won by the grace of God, whether it was the safety in the in the Raiders game yeah. or whether it was uh, last week before that when uh, the Jets, you know, beat the Giants by three and you pushed on that one, you know, so you're lucky you got your push. You did get a tie. That's not so bad. Um, you know, the Bears, I think, had five turnovers, and they still covered the spread, which is crazy. Yeah. And then going back to your Germany game, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go out on a limb and, and really talk much substantively because I, I like both teams, and I really didn't know what would happen. But my biggest shock was I was I, – I thought I saw the German crowd doing the, the tomahawk chalk. Like, what the hell was that? How do they even know to do the tomahawk chalk? Like, that's not anywhere. Well, you know, I'll just say delicately, it is a country with a little history of saluting with a hand forward. So maybe there's something kind of baked into the DNA. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't the tomahawk chop. Uh, I don't. It sounded like it. I I thought there was singing with it, but who knows? Pull up. We don't want to go there. Let's not go down that road. Let's not touch the th- third rail of uh, words we don't want to say. Let's not touch the third Reich of where we want to go. I hear you. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, that was a that was a good call by you. Um, you know, I I again have been unfortunate in. in guessing what's going to happen in those games. There's another game in Germany this week, and I was very close to getting on it, but I'm just afraid that I just don't have a feel when it comes to games that take place in Germany. So I'm going to lay off that game. But uh, if anyone is listening about you know where I'm leaning, I, I, I kind of am leaning towards the Colts, just so you know. I, I, I like that team. I, I, I want them to win, but who knows? They're kind of a fun team, and the Patriots are just bad, and they're just feeling old. And as we were talking before we came on, you know, hard to believe that Belichick might be coaching for his job these days. Yeah, we'll have to hear from what John Zvagdis has to say, being right there located in, uh, in Boston. We need a local correspondent re- report. Yeah, he might have his season tickets go up for sale. Who knows? But I thought you had a great week, and uh, I bested you, which which I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I felt pretty good about my picks. And it has been the let's look at some of these recent trends and let's look at some of these unders. So my very first game um, that I want to talk about was the Green Bay LA Rams game. And then what's funny is is this week the you know of the games that I selected. I took every team I think that's ever played in LA. I had the the Rams, I had the Chargers, I had the Raiders in there. I I was all LA and didn't even really think about it. But the Green Bay Rams game um, is a is a train I'm going to continue to ride, and that is that Green Bay is not good. Green Bay cannot score. Green Bay does not get started until way late in the game. So. Uh, that was a game where it was under 39 and a half. I remember you said mm, anything in the 30s is going to be a tough one. This one was not a tough one. Um, you know, uh, the Rams didn't have Stafford, so that was probably a, a key factor. I don't think Ripien is uh, 
I don't even think he's a backup. He's 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 a guy to come in and mop up the end of the game. He's he's not good. Uh, in fact, he's so not good. I thought I read that the Rams signed Carson Wentz to their. Uh, they their did, team. yeah, they absolutely did. So, um, you know, hindsight. Even at the time, I thought this was obvious, but hindsight, I think everyone's going, yeah, of course. No, you know, Green Bay doesn't score, and with Rippin at quarterback, you know, the LA's not going to score. So that one came in pretty easy. Mm-hmm. The other under that I had was the Raiders uh, Giants under. And again, um, you know, let's talk about Danny DeVito at quarterback. Uh, it wasn't the case, actually. Daniel Jones started the game, but he got injured. He re-injured himself mid-game. And I think that was just the complete game changer and turn of events. And that's when all the momentum just really shifted. And I think what happened was that the Raiders got such a huge lead. I think this was the most offense they've put together all year and got so far ahead that they didn't need to continue scoring. And the Giants couldn't score with DeVito at, at quarterback. And so that over-under was, I think, 37.5. And, and that one was a sweat. That one barely came in at 36. And it, and it only did because the Raiders were so far ahead. Yeah, I want to jump in on this one because I have a couple of thoughts. First of all, you're not giving any credit to Antonio Pierce, the new head coach of the Raiders, who has rallied his team and got some energy. You don't think that uh, he gets more of the credit for giving a new vibe to a team that was just scuffling, you know, some new energy, Um, number one. And as just to sort of compare stories, as I said, I sat, you know, at a tie game for 11 minutes that didn't score one more point, And you sat for nine minutes sweating your under. And at the end, it held out for you. So I'm just saying life is not fair to me. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Fair, fair. But again, you know, when you're looking at backup quarterbacks, um, I think the under is really a pretty decent call because they just – Short of Joshua Dobbs, who put together what I think was an absolutely amazing performance of, A, not even being the original starter in that game, and B, coming in without knowing anything, having taken no snaps with the first team. He didn't. He did not know the names of the people he was throwing to. It's a long shot, but it's the only shot we've got. Yeah, it's almost like, a, you know, after school, you know, you run this route and draw it up on your hand type type thing. And they managed to hit the over. And the funny thing is, one of the picks I sent to you and I decided to to lay off was the Minnesota Atlanta over because I thought now that Ritter's out of the question, you know, Atlanta's going to distribute the ball more and they should score. And I thought that Dobbs would be the starter. Um, and I thought that he, his legs would certainly help the cause. It showed it. He did. He had a ton of yards rushing. He had a touchdown. He really ad-libbed and made things happen. So that's a game I didn't take. Uh, but the game I did take instead was the, L.A. Superchargers uh, over the New York Jets. San Diego Superchargers. Oh, yeah. That's burned in, that is burned into my soul, man. Well, I decided to get on your team's bandwagon and that I'm watching the pregame and every single analyst, every single analyst was Jets, Jets, Jets. So everyone was picking the Jets, and I really started to second-guess myself, and I thought, damn, I really wish I would have gone with my instinct to – uh, take that Minnesota Atlanta over because that one's already come in. But boy, if you watch that Monday night game, that game was all Chargers. Yeah, and it it started out great with a punt return for a touchdown, and they never really looked back. And the Jets are really challenged on offense. Yeah, I mean, if you force them to score more than fourteen points, it's going to be tough and it's going to take all four quarters. Yeah. Troy Aikman was just roasting Zach Wilson throughout the broadcast, just commenting on his inconsistency and and his inaccuracy and taking a step back. I think that uh, the punt return was really a key play because all of a sudden, you know, the Chargers get the punt return, then they score a touchdown. They're up 14, nothing that puts so much pressure on Wilson and the jets. And he was just inconsistent. He's just not good. 
And, you know, all of a sudden the Chargers are sitting there with a big lead. The Jets have to throw all the time. That game just sort of, you know, folded right into your hands. I don't know why they haven't changed in a meme or something Zach Wilson's name to Sack Wilson because he went down like (laughs) six or seven times. The Chargers were all over him. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say is because coming off of the bye week, Joey Bosa was a lot healthier and he had two and a half sacks in that game. So he was one of the reasons that Wilson was very uncomfortable because he was in his face. Well, also in the first quarter, he had a roughing the passer. I mean, there, he didn't even need to do it, but he just threw him down and, you know, kind of establishing, hey, I'm going to be all over you today. Yeah, this was kind of a win-win game for me because uh, if the Jets win, I would have won the week, uh, And but I'm a Charger fan. So I was kind of happy just smiling and watching that game unfold. Well, I won the week, but let's recap our one bet army and we can talk about how they did. Uh, because some of them uh, did really, really well yet again. And this week, please don't, actually, don't tell me John's Vagdus was perfect again. John's Vagdus was perfect again. Another three and oh. John's Vagdus, you better give up your day job, my friend. This is unreal. Yeah, he had the Raiders, he had uh, the Eagles, and he had Cincinnati. So he went perfect. Good for him. Donnie Wheels again. He had his top three games come in, and the only thing that didn't was his crazy parlay. 14-game parlay didn't come in. Exactly. (laughs) He had the Raiders in Cincinnati and Baltimore. So the Raiders in Cincinnati were really, really popular picks. We got uh, Siegel. He had the Commanders on the money line. So he's doing what you're suggesting that I do and take – you know, not take the points but get the extra money. Mm. Uh, He had Tampa Bay as well, so nice wins for him. Uh, Barons, he had Cincinnati, but his other picks did not come in. RJ came in with Washington Commanders and the uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Really, this was odd. Bill Kuklanas decided to take a break this week. So I don't know, maybe no more alcohol or sedatives in his life. I don't know what happened. He just <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm not in. Hey, I got thanks, Fletch. No idea what happened there. And then, of course, my cousin Nick. What would be a week of one of that podcast without talking about my cousin Nick? Yeah. I texted him in the morning games and said, I haven't seen your picks. And it wasn't until the afternoon games that he decided to send in his picks. That he, that he decided to send in his picks on the morning games? Well, <laughs> Not even. He sent in his picks on the Steelers, which they won, but they won on Thursday night. <laughs> That's just how I'm making all my picks from now on. <laughs> Three days later. <laughs> right. Then, I, you know, it was daylight savings, so maybe I'm giving him a break. But he said the Bears minus nine. So he must have turned his clock back to 1985. The Bears haven't been favored by nine points since they had the Super Bowl shuffle. So... <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I'll give him credit for Indianapolis because at least that game wasn't finished by the time he made his bet. But uh, I will say that Tuesday he uh, decided to take the Jets under. So that was a good bet by him after the fact, too. Really weird, Nick. I don't know what's going on with you, bud. But try to get your picks in before the game start, huh? What would you do with a brain if you had one? I'm telling you, I think Nick needs an intervention. I don't know what's going on there. Well, Thanksgiving's coming up, and I should be able to see him in person, and I will have a heart-to-heart. All right. Well, as everybody knows what happens now, we wipe the slate clean and we're going to take a look at next week's bets where we take our $1,000 and we make at least three bets and each bet has to be at least $100. Miles, what do you say we do that after this break? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. 
We are back with the Wanna Bet podcast here with Miles V, as always, and we're going to turn our attention to week 10, already week 10 in the NFL. It's hard to believe, but we got $1,000 to bet. Miles, what's burning a hole in your pocket? Where are you putting your money right now? I am kind of keeping up with some of the same themes that I've been winning with, and I guess, you know, until they do me dirty, I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, the first game that I'm going to bet is the Raiders against the Jets, and I'm going to do the under. Now, that under <laughs> is a very, it's a very low 36. Yeah. Okay. I think last week we thought I was living on the edge at 37 and a half. We're going, to, we're going low. We're going low. 36 is the over-under. But, you know, watching the, both of those games last week, it's really easy for me to say, the Jets just don't have an offense. Mm-hmm. And the Jets, I don't think, can really score more than 14 points. And while the Raiders put up, you know, the biggest output they have all, all year, I don't think they can do it against the Jets defense because the Jets defense is damn good. And even though the Chargers won and covered, you know, it did take a special team score. It did take some really, really good defense. I think it might have even been like a, a muff punt at one point, too. I mean, it's, yeah, the Jets are a team that you know, they're almost like the Baltimore Ravens the year they won the Super Bowl, where they just did it with defense and they just, you know, just scored more than they needed to to win. Well, I think that team this year is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's hard for me to believe they're five and three. But yes, I mean, the Jets have scored eight touchdowns in the last eight games. There's grumbling going on. I think the question mark in this game is the Raiders. Did they really get some energy from their new head coach and Aiden O'Connell? And and now they've turned the corner. Uh, You know, there's a part of me that looks at the way the Raiders had been playing and say, if this over were 26, I might even consider it. That's how bad these two offenses were. No, it's true. And I, I mean, I think the Raiders were able to do that against the Giants, who, you know, almost look like they're ready to quit out there. I don't feel that way about the Jets. I think the Jets' defense is legit. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets uh, could actually win this game. But nonetheless, uh, the 36 points, I'm going to go under. And, and it's a primetime game, and in the primetime games have been going under. So this is me following a trend. If I lose, I won't be shocked. But uh, if I win, it's certainly consistent with what we've seen the last several weeks. By the way, it is an absolute crime. This is a primetime game. If there is ever an excuse to ever flex a game out of primetime, this would be it. Because there's so many other games I'd rather see than this one. Yeah, I don't disagree. I I, I think the the Raiders have way too much exposure. And, you know, obviously we were expecting an Aaron Rodgers Jets team and that just didn't happen. And so, yeah, this is this is prime for that. I agree. That's exactly why you create flex opportunities. Oh, yeah, we were expecting Aaron Rodgers against, you know, Garoppolo, but that's not where we are. And the, you know, Raiders imploded their team, whatever. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but this is why flex schedules were made. Fair enough. All right. So that is your first bet of the week. And I am going to get into my first bet. But before I do, Miles. I've got a pop quiz for you. Yes, I love it when you have them. Yes. I know you do. All right, Miles, here is my pop quiz. If the playoffs were to start today, can you name the three wildcard teams in the AFC? Yes, I actually can because they're all in the AFC North. Yes, all three teams in the AFC North, including the Pittsburgh Steelers that I was just talking about, and Cleveland and Cincinnati are five and three. So hard to believe. We did say at the beginning of the season that that division was going to be really tough, and they're proving it. But hey, hey, it's never happened before. It's not going to happen this year because they have too many games against each other. But it is kind of a funny little milestone at this point in the season. Yeah, not the uh, not the division that I thought would be doing as well as it is, especially with the Cleveland Browns overachieving. So good for them. Yeah, that's true. We did think the AFC East was probably going to be stronger. But, you know, hey, it's a tough d- division. Anyway, leading into my first bet, and here's a team that we really have not been on a lot, uh, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. So Cincinnati is favored by seven at home over the Houston Texans. I am actually going to buy the half point at minus 120. So my bet to get it down to six and a half is... 360 to win 300. Now, if you remember way back to when we started this season, my pick to win the AFC was the Cincinnati Bengals, and they just completely stumbled out of the gate. Joe Burrow had the calf injury. They couldn't get things going. But that is the past, and today is now, where they have won four games in a row. 
And we have talked, we certainly talked last week about good wins and bad wins. Not only has Cincinnati won four games in a row, those wins are against Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo, and the Cardinals. So good teams that they are now beating. Joe Burrow is really starting to play at an MVP level. And I think that at home, unfortunately, the Houston Texans, who are an interesting team, obviously C.J. Stroud had a monster, monster game last week, the five touchdowns, 470 yards. But I think coming into Cincinnati and meeting a team that's on the rise like the Bengals, it's going to be a good example of an inexperienced quarterback. And maybe we'll call this the opposite of a bounce back game. I think this is more of a revert to form game for Stroud and Houston because the few games before they really hadn't been playing that well. He just kind of came out of nowhere with that huge game against Tampa Bay. But I think they're catching Cincinnati at the wrong time. Cincinnati has really turned the corner. Uh, I'm going to take that half a point to get it under seven, but my bet is 360 to win 300 Bengals over Houston. So my bet at the beginning of the year also was for Cincinnati to represent the AFC. So I don't fault you there at all. Uh, and, and like you, I watched them come out of the gate stumbling and the first couple of weeks was just literally shocked at how bad they were playing and was second guessing everything I knew about football making a, a pick like that, saying they're going to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But now they're playing as tough as any team. And I really do think they're, you know, in in perfect form. So I I actually, I like your bet. I'm not going to, I don't know that I would take it, but I, I like it. You, you don't, I know you don't like the spread. That's a lot of points. I get it. You know, that's a lot of points, you know, in Houston, they have flashed and CJ Stroud. He's got a future in this league. I get it. But I just think right now, and if you look at the last four games for Houston, they've played two on the road and lost two at home and one. So they're just a team that yeah. they're not as comfortable on the road. Again, led by a young quarterback, he probably gets a little bit nervous and they're just coming into the wrong place at the wrong time. Sure, sure. A couple other factors, though, that I hate to bring up. Well, one of them is a factor that I hate to bring up, and that's simply that Jamar Chase did hurt his back in the last game. They don't know exactly what his status is yet. Um, but one of the things I mentioned last week is I've just had a really bad feel for the Texans. I can never seem to get them right. So that's just another thing that steers me away from betting on that game. Don't, don't give me your juju. I don't want your juju. Oh, 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 that's so disgusting. I'm just saying you might not have a problem with it and you might've handicapped this game perfectly, but, uh, that's another reason for me why I just had to take a pass. I can't remember if I've bet on them previously. I think I bet on them once, but I don't remember how I did. So I don't know if I have a feeling on on Houston. I just think that Stroud uh, is going to revert back to form and not be Superman this week in Cincinnati. That's definitely fair. Well, my second bet is going to be, again, in the same spirit as, as where things are. It's another under, and it's another bunch of teams that can't score and that I've been following, and that is Green Bay-Pittsburgh. That one is now uh, under 39. Now, when I first saw it, it was at 38, and it's gone up to 39, which is good for me, but I really wonder why the spread's moving that way. You know, I can't say enough about how bad Green Bay is on offense, and they haven't really been in a game where they've scored, I don't think, 20 points in a long time. And then Pittsburgh is, like you mentioned, another team that is – winning games but but not scoring or their defense is holding or they're catching all the breaks and uh you know the uh pickens and mm-hmm. uh picket and picket combination is is mm-hmm. now over yeah right <laughs> yeah i mean uh is it is it pick pickens is now basically on strike he's pulling a Devonte adams he doesn't want to play he doesn't feel like he's targeted enough i mean yeah and my, my, mike tomlin called him a pebble in my shoe which i just thought was a great reference well that's fine but he's probably their most talented receiver i mean i think deontay johnson's having a decent season but you're gonna pull him out and not have him be as much a part of the offense i don't see how pittsburgh's gonna score 21 can we start talking about Mike Tomlin for coach of the year right now? I know they're not really a sexy team, but once again, he has a, you know, a workhorse blue collar team with a crappy offense, five and three. 
this guy always gets him over the 500 mark. It's kind of amazing how he does it year after year. I don't think he gets enough credit. No, he does more with less. And if you remember season one, I'm not sure that he's not Omar Epps. You know, they look they look exactly the same to me. <laughs> They're I, never seen at the same place. Never, at the same never time. seen him in the same place. And I think there are some internet sleuths out there that have tried to prove this point. But nevertheless, uh, I haven't seen a lot of output from the Steelers. You know how much I can't stand the uh, the Packers and their output. I'm sure karma is going to get me one of these days and they're going to have a bunch of blown coverages or mistakes or something's going to happen, but I'm hoping it's not this week. I think 39 is too much. I think this is a low scoring game. I'm thinking it's a game of field goals. So I'm going under. This is another 330 to win 300. Yeah, unders that start with a three just make me nervous. I mean, the track record for both of these teams, your analysis is right on. You just hope that they don't somehow flash at the wrong time, you know, for your bet. Yeah, pass interference in the end zone, you know, muff punts, uh, get recovering the ball in the red zone. That stuff can all happen, no doubt. Uh, I'm just hoping it doesn't. I'm just hoping it's your traditional three and out with the punt or the, you know, drive to midfield and field position game. Um, You know, I'm not impressed with Jordan Love. I don't know how much patience they're going to have with him. So, yeah, we're going We're going low. That's a really good point. He is playing himself out of a job there. Let's take one more quick break, and we'll be back with more picks right after this on the Wanna Bet podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, we're back with the WannaBet podcast. We are making our picks for week 10. Miles has gone under, under with uh, Green Bay Pittsburgh under and the Jets Raiders. And I am going to make my second bet. And this is going to be a little bit of a stretch of a bet. There's going to be people out there who think I am crazy. Uh, and I am actually taking Jacksonville plus three at home over the San Francisco 49ers. This is an interesting situation that both teams are coming off of buys. So you don't really know how much healing has been done. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But if you take a step back and look at the current sort of streaks of both of these teams, it's almost a little bit hard to believe that Jacksonville is the underdog. So they've won like seven in a row, something like that. And meanwhile, the San Francisco 49ers have lost three in a row. So when you, I'm going to take that back. The Jacksonville Jaguars have won five in a row. Um, They're six and two on the season. Here's what I'm seeing. I think Brock Purdy had a concussion, has a concussion. I know he's off for a week, but those things linger. And he has been really, really off the last few weeks. Clearly, something's wrong with him. Five interceptions over these these three losses. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be at 100%. I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of banking on the fact that he's not 100%. I, I don't want to put a, a bet on somebody's misfortune. But they're walking into a Jacksonville team that's surprisingly playing pretty good defense, weirdly. Everybody sort of talks about the offensive weapons with Etienne and Ingram and uh, you know uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but their defense has been really good. The Jaguars are tied for the lead in turnovers this year. So San Francisco, look, they've got McCaffrey, they've got Debo Samuel, they got Ayuk, they've got great weapons, but they got to have somebody who can get them to them. And I just don't think that... Uh, until I see a little bit better play. I don't think Purdy is 100%. I think it's a bad matchup for them to play a pretty good Jacksonville team. I actually thought about the money line on this one. Uh, You know, cooler heads prevailed. I decided to take the three points. But I really think this is a good opportunity. One thing about San Francisco, I know they did go out and they got Chase Young, uh, which is certainly an asset, and it makes a good defense better. Weirdly enough, though, Over the last three games, those three losses, it wasn't just Purdy in the offense that sort of fell apart. It was their defense as well. They suddenly became one of the worst defensive uh, rushing teams in the league. Now, maybe Chase Young is going to come in and help that. 
but really kind of strange turn of events for San Francisco on both sides of the ball. And they're going into it, play a good team. I'm going to take Jacksonville in the points. Well, I'll say this. I'm glad you're taking the points and not the money line. I definitely think that's a smarter way to go, especially because it's three. So I applaud you there. But boy, these are two really good teams, period. Um, and when two really good teams play, um, usually my my instinct is to go with who I think is the better team. And the, I think the better team is San Francisco. Now, I don't know where they are with injuries, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you mentioned Debo Samuel. He hadn't played the last couple of games because of his injuries, and I don't know what his status is now. And in the last three games, I know McCaffrey got knocked out of one. He came back for the next game, but he hasn't been at 100%. And then, like you said, Brock Purdy, you know, since his concussion hasn't been at 100%. Although, really, when you look at a lot of the top quarterbacks, and I'm talking Mahomes, I'm talking uh, Allen, Josh Allen, they've been throwing some funky interceptions that usually they don't make. Like, I've been seeing a lot of bad quarterbacking, so I don't know how to attribute all of Purdy's interceptions other than he wasn't doing it last year and he certainly wasn't doing it at the beginning of this year. Yeah, look, there's no question you could take a look at this game uh, as a bounce back game and say, why are you betting against San Francisco? And that might be the case if they had played poorly in just one game, but it was been three games in a row. They, you know, took a nosedive. So these are two good teams. At the beginning of the year, I would probably say San Francisco is the better team, but Jacksonville getting points at home. It's a classic rule to bet. I like the three points. I like Jacksonville on both sides of the ball. I think San Francisco's had some problems. So that's my reasoning. Rule one. Rule one and one A. Don't don't confuse rule two. I, it's the, it was the second rule that was created. I know what you're talking about. Stop it. That is true. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, I'll tell you my third bet, and no surprise, it's going to be an under. <laughs> you nothing if not, boy, you have all over the unders. That is, an, that is amazingly consistent, but you've been winning them. I, I'll tell you, when I've been looking at the matchups, it's really hard for me to pick a side some of these times. And sometimes I'm really close to taking the Giants plus 16 and a half. How is this an NFL game with a 16 and a half point spread? It's an SEC, uh, you know, <laughs> mid-major matchup. Seriously. <laughs> but I decided that I'm going to go with the Monday night game, the primetime game, the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos, and that one's already a pretty high 47, so at least I have more to work with. And let's face it, I mean, Buffalo does have the capacity and the ability and even the inclination to put up big points, but Denver doesn't. Uh, and Denver did a little bit against Kansas City. That was kind of their, you know, wake up call, if you will. Mm. But I don't see the same thing happening with the Buffalo defense, uh, especially I think this game's in Buffalo. So you know, I don't know that Denver is that that good of a road team. I don't expect them to score much, and I expect Buffalo to score a fair amount, and then again, just kind of say we're up three, we're up three scores. We don't need to put our foot on the metal. We can go ahead and run, run, run clock. We can run, run punt. You know, we can do the little things to make sure that we win the game, but we don't need to score every possession. I've seen a lot of that this year. I've won because of that this year. And this is another one of those situations where I think they're going to be up 31 to 3, and that's it. It's just going to be let's not let Denver score the touchdown. And it's let's play defense, let's run clock, and let's, you know, play the field position game. That's how I'm seeing this one set up. Uh, And it's pretty evident that that's what's been happening in some of these primetime games. But again, for all we know, this could be the week where everything changes and it's a bunch of overs. We'll see. I like your bet. I think your analysis of Denver is right on. They're just not a team that scores a lot of points. They do. They have won two in a row against Green Bay and then Kansas City. You just kind of wonder, is, is is Russell Wilson done? Is he just getting to the end of the rope where he just can't combine the the runs and the passes at a high level? Uh, and that was just a sort of a bad move by Denver. I, I don't know. I, I think the one question mark I would have about Buffalo in particular is there's a lot of people questioning their offense right now. Right. And they may come at this game of we need to prove something and turn that into a game like uh, when they played Miami and just pasted Miami and scored 48 points. Um, so if they can 
execute against Denver and they're feeling pissed off and they feel like they need to prove a point and have the opportunity, it might be the opposite effect of you're saying when they get up three touchdowns and just sort of put, you know, put the brakes on a little bit. Maybe they won't want to put on the brakes because they know what people are saying about them. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely one way to look at it. Um, whereas I'm kind of looking at it that they go up so much that they pull their starters in the fourth quarter and, you know, don't even need to play. Um, that's what I'm hoping for with Denver. That's how little uh, faith I give to the Broncos. Uh, this year, anyway, um, they had their they had their big game already, and so that's it. Now they get the uh, the participation trophy. Well, with your luck, they will get to forty six points midway through through the third quarter. Buffalo will pull all their starters, and the game will sit there for, for the next quarter and a half. So there. <laughs> well, uh, unders has been a trend. Let's hope it keeps going. I cannot believe that you bet three unders in a row on this episode. That is crazy. Anyway, um, let me tell you my last bet, which is an under. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're over on all of your overs, so why not try an under? Come on over to the dark side. Look, so th- th- this year I cannot win an over bet. I finally t- t- uh, you know, tied an over bet. At least I've had these uh, feelings on these mounts back teams, and I've had other trends that I've tapped into, but not on over bets. So I am getting on the under train. Yeah, uh, I am taking the uh, Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta Falcons under 44, 310 to win 282. Um, you got two sort of scuffling teams. The, the Atlanta Falcons, A, they don't know how to distribute the ball to their playmakers. You know, Arthur Smith forgets Bijan Robinson is on the team. And B, they can't decide who they want to be quarterback. Uh, it's, you know, Taylor Honick, and he's a backup for a reason, although he did have a 60 yard touchdown pass last week. But boy. Desmond Ritter has been so disappointing. This is one of the teams at the beginning of the year we thought we was was really going to break out, and he's just been a turnover machine. The Falcons can't trust him. So, look, you got Atlanta. They've lost three out of four. Now, here's the real wild card in this game. Kyler Murray is going to be starting for the Arizona Cardinals. And so I know a lot of people would say, why would you take an under when you've got a great offensive player coming into the game? Two reasons for that. Number one, I think the game's going to be moving very fast for him. I think he's still going to be a little bit rusty. You can't just walk into week 10 of the NFL season uh, without having played at game speed and pretend like you've been doing it all your life. It's not like you're coming off a week by when you have some injuries that are healing. So I, I think that maybe in a couple weeks, he'll be up to full speed, but he's not going to be up to full speed now. And the second thing is, who the hell do the Arizona Cardinals have around him? I mean, they have a terrible set of skill players, James Conner, Marquise Hollywood Brown, and what, Zach Ertz, and that's about it. So I just really don't like the supporting cast. So I'm not worried that Kyler Murray is going to go batshit crazy and run for six touchdowns. Just I, I, I just don't think that's going to happen this week. Um, you got two bad offenses coming together. I like that the number's at 44. If this number were at 41-ish, 40, I wouldn't be taking this bet. But at 44, uh, I think you got another game with two bad offenses colliding. I'm going to tell you flat out, David, I love your bet. Um, I, I, I would take it if you weren't, I, it's, it's, it's right there for the picking. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with Arthur Smith. If he's trying to win the Nathaniel Hackett award for being the stupidest <laughs> coach out there. Sean Payton gives that out every year, doesn't he? I mean, you're, you're using Jonu Smith, your tight end as your, as your skill position player. He's getting more goal line carries than, than Bijan. He's the one else who had the 60-yard touchdown pass, too. Yeah. Well, I, it might have been a screen pass. I don't think it was downfield. Yeah. So Yeah, Dr- Drake London has two touchdown passes this year. Like, I, There's just something with the way the plays are designed. He's just not good at distributing the ball. Like Shanahan would be getting the ball to his playmakers. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that Smith thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and he's borderline, you know, the, the Zach Galifianakis in, in Hangover, you know? So, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm not really pleased with uh, with what Atlanta's been doing, and, and I picked them to win their division. Now, there's, there's still a chance they will, but I don't have a lot of confidence. And then, you know, Arizona, um, yeah, we've, we've made some money picking against them too. They're just, they're the team to pick against, and maybe once every six games they show up, but... Like yourself, I don't have a lot of confidence in their skill position players, and 
Kyler Murray has zero body of work this year. So, yeah, I don't expect them to score a lot either. So I'm with you on this one. I'll be tailing this one. I'll be putting my own money uh, on this game as well. Yeah, Arizona, I mean, they've really threw me a loop when they beat the Cowboys. And they have put up some fight. You know, they've been in it, you know, in some of these games. But they're just not a good team. Uh, And I I really think that Kyler Murray is almost going to hinder their offense more, just sort of coming in and trying to figure out, you know, how to – get his rhythm and his timing back. He's about as tall as Danny DeVito. Yeah, he's uh, he's not a giant. So those are our picks. You want to recap your picks quickly? I'm taking three unders. We're taking Raiders Jets under, Green Bay Pittsburgh under, Buffalo Denver under. All right, and I am taking Cincinnati minus six and a half, not minus seven. I bought the half point over Houston, 360 to win 300. Bengals at home are playing well. Jacksonville also at home, plus three. They're getting three points against the San Francisco 49ers. Hard to believe Jacksonville's won five in a row. San Francisco's lost three. I think that Jacksonville is going to win at home. And finally, I'm getting on the under train. Arizona, Atlanta, under 44. Bad teams, bad quarterbacks, lots of turmoil. Rusty Kyler Murray, no sweat. Nice. And please, listeners, if you go to at one bet podcast on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, we would like to hear from you. We want to know who you're betting this week. Uh, did not get a ton of responses on the t-shirts. I did get a few. Put me down wanna... for two. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, you know, these would be great gifts for uh, friends and family and children. You got to get those children betting early. So I, I think it's a, ingenious. But uh, let us know if that's something that you'd be up for. And uh, and tell us who you like. All right, Miles. Let's take a... What do you got to say to these people? I have got to say the usual sign-off, which is love your body, Larry. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing everyone next week. All right. Peace out. Have a great weekend watching games. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.